Well, before we go to God in his word, let's bow our heads one more time. A gracious God, we thank you for this time of gathering around your word. We thank you for that beautiful anthem that was just sung by our choir that, that helped to open up our hearts for us to hear you. Oh Lord, allow us to hear you now as we go to you and your scriptures. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is the second week of Advent, and we preachers here at at your church have decided that for the period of Advent, we're going to step away from our fall sermon series, which you will recall was based on Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, In that chapter, we saw some stalwarts of the faith, basically from mainly from the book of Genesis. And so we've decided to continue talking about individual people, individual characters in the Bible, uh, but we're going to kind of switch to highlight people from the Christmas story, right? Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, So last week, Pastor Derek talked about Zechariah. You remember him? He was the priest who received the visit from the angel Gabriel telling him that he and his wife were going to become the parents of a baby who would eventually be John the Baptist. So today, this week, I also get to talk about an angelic visit from the angel Gabriel. But this time the visit is to one of my favorite people in all of scriptures, and that is Mary, the mother of God. In this passage, uh, Gabriel announces uh, a special birth, right? Makes a special birth announcement to Mary. And so let's listen to that passage now, a very familiar passage to all of us, I'm sure, as it comes to us from Luke chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 26 through 38. So let's listen now to the word of the Lord. In the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be 
with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Let us bow our heads once again. Gracious God, we have heard this amazing story so many times in our lives. We could, I'm sure, almost recite parts of it by heart. But now we ask, Lord, that the power of your Holy Spirit would move within our hearts to hear it anew. Help this story and and Mary's choice and Mary's decision and Mary's willingness to follow you. Help it to influence us in our lives of faith as well. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's a really funny story coming out of Great Britain in the early 2000s. At a hospital in Derbyshire, England, there was a young clerk whose job it was to print out form letters and send them to uh, uh, patients of the hospital. Well, one day, uh, he was supposed to send out 30 letters telling people how to prepare for their upcoming surgery. You know the drill. You can't eat after, you know, dinner at night. You have to come in such and such time before the surgery, all those kind of things. But instead of doing that, he accidentally pushed the wrong button and printed out 30 letters congratulating people on their pregnancy. This letter went to six elderly men. You can imagine their surprise. 75-year-old Cyril Pacey from Derbyshire was among those who received this surprise pregnancy announcement. When asked by the local newspaper for a reaction, Cyril exclaimed, I was astounded. I called everybody I knew to ask them who the father was. Quite, quite a pregnancy surprise, to be sure. Pregnancy surprises are often some of the biggest and best surprises of all. I had one myself a few years back. I was in my third pregnancy, and my husband Ed and I went to what we thought was going to be a routine ultrasound exam. The technician came in, and she situated herself, and she laid that little probe thing right on my big belly, but she only held it there for about a half a second, maybe even a quarter of a second, and boop, she pulled it right back off. She said, she leaned back, and she said, there's something I need to tell you. I thought, tell me, what in the world could she know from from half a second? She took a deep breath, and then she announced, you have more than one baby in there. I mean, how many babies was she talking about, right? <laughs> I said, how many? How many are in there? She said, I'll let you know at the end of my exam. <laughs> I swear I felt, saw my life pass before my eyes. Turns out there were only two, praise be to God, And today, they are happy, healthy, wonderful young men. But these pregnancy surprises that I just described to you pale. They pale in comparison to the one that Mary experienced in our scriptures. Mary did not get a letter. She did not have an ultrasound. No, she had an angelic visit from a messenger of God. The angel Gabriel was the one to come and tell her the good news. 
You see, Mary, in our story here, she's just a teenage girl. And she's engaged to marry the local boy, Joseph. Mary grew up in her parents' home. She was a good girl. She listened to her parents. She followed her parents. She obeyed them. And when her parents decided that she was old enough to be married, they chose her suitor for her. Her path in life is chosen. She's going to marry Joseph. She's going to bear his children. And she's going to live an ordinary first century life. Or so she thinks. But God, God has other plans for Mary. God does not see Mary as ordinary at all. Scripture uses words for Mary like most favored and blessed. God sends his own special messenger to talk to Mary and to call her into the life that God has planned for her. The scene begins with Gabriel saying, greetings, favored one. Right? There's that language of being favored. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Scripture tells us that Mary is perplexed by these words. Of course she is. And she ponders what it might mean. The angel continues on. He says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. Mary responds, how can this be? How can this be? But Gabriel continues on. He says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. For nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary replies with those famous words that echo down through the centuries. She says, here I am. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to thy word. Let it be. So Mary is being called out of her life of normalcy into God's masterful plan of salvation. She has her assignment. Her assignment is going from an ordinary teenager to Mary, the mother of God, the most venerated woman ever to live on our planet. This, this special life is the life that God wants her to have, the life for which God created her, a life far, far different from the life she thought she would lead. But yet, she accepts it. She stands there and accepts it with the words, let it be. Words made famous by Mary and also made famous by, well, a little-known song by a little-known rock band over in England. Let it be, let it be, let it be to me according to thy word. And friends, make no mistake here. Accepting this call, saying let it be, will not be an easy road for Mary. She is young, she is betrothed, but she is not yet married. She's not supposed to be pregnant yet. 
But with this call from God, with her acceptance of it, she will become pregnant. Her belly will grow and grow and grow. The family will know. The whole town will know. And her family will be embarrassed. Even Joseph might leave her. For this occurs, her angelic visit occurs before that famous angelic visit that then Joseph has. Remember that one where the angel tells Joseph, it's going to be okay. Mary lives in a Middle Eastern culture of honor and shame. And she knows that she will be bringing shame upon her family. Yet she says, let it be, even though she has no idea how she's going to get out of this mess. She says, let it be, even though she thinks, well, Joseph may leave her and no other man may want to touch her. She says, let it be, even though a few years down the road, she will stand at the bottom of that cross and look up at her little baby suffering and dying there. She says, let it be. She says it for herself and for so many other women who will follow her. Women from our scriptures and and other women in different cultures and throughout the centuries who have said, let it be, to God's chosen plan for their lives, even when it's hard. Mary lays the groundwork for all of these women, many of whom faced public shame and humiliation. It is not easy to follow God. Today, we can look back in our history, in our country, and and think of women like this, women who have felt a call towards their life's work, but who have experienced hardship and resistance along the way. Trailblazers, we like to call them. I like to think of people like Shirley Chisholm, who was the first African-American woman elected to the United States Congress. She served seven terms, seven terms. And she was the first woman ever to run for president in our country in 1972. Shirley was threatened and told to stop, but she pursued, she persevered in her call in life and she paved the way for countless women after her to run for whatever office they choose in Harrisburg or Washington. Shirley said, let it be, to God's call upon her life. Or we think of women like Sandra Day O'Connor. You remember her? She was the first woman ever to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Justice O'Connor was a role model for me, personally, when I was a young woman going into the law. That was my first profession. She suffered humiliation when she graduated at the top of her class at Stanford Law, yet no one would hire her. The only job offers she got were that of secretary in a law firm. (laughs) But yet she persevered and made it to the highest court in the land. And she paved the way for people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Amy Coney Barrett, and Ketanji Brown-Jackson to sit on the Supreme Court. Sandra said, let it be to God's call on her life into the law. Or we think of folks like our former pastor here at Swickley Presbyterian, Reverend Jean Henderson, who was the first woman ever ordained in Grafton 
Presbytery, which is up in New England. And she was the first woman installed into pastoral leadership in the Beaver Butler Presbytery, just a little bit north of here, from whence I came before I was with you all. Jean and other groundbreaking female pastors like her was often subject to disrespect. She told me one time about how she was officiating at a communion table at a presbytery meeting, and when she stand, stood up and started with the liturgy, a number of people stood up and walked out the door. Yet Jean continued on, and she said, let it be to God's call in her life. Friends, discipleship is not easy. Following God's call on your heart is not easy. And if you think it's easy, then you're not looking far enough down the path. But yet we all need to take our cue from Mary in that wonderful visit from the angel Gabriel. We need to listen for God's call upon our lives. Whether it comes through prayer or scripture reading, whether it comes through the voices of friends or family, whether it comes through your particular circumstance in your life. We need to listen for God's call even when it's hard. We need to listen for God's call even if it requires a a complete change of course for us. We need to move from who we think we are to who God calls us to be. We need to be the ones who are willing to say, let it be, let it be to me according to thy word. Friends, today is the second Sunday of Advent. We still have time to to prepare our hearts, to fully prepare ourselves for the coming of the Christ child. We still have time to think about how God is calling us in the new year to be something new or do something new, to be the people God wants us to be. And when that call comes to you, and I know it will, we all need to be ready to say, let it be. Praise be to God. Amen.